When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should get out of your storage unit, and we'll talk to the brilliant relationship therapist, Esther Perel, who is the author of two best-selling books about relationships and host of the great podcasts, Where Should We Begin and How's Work. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in my home office in New York City, surrounded by pillows and blankets, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my sister, the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretchen, I have conversations in my head with Esther Perel all the time. (laughs) She's my therapist. She just doesn't know it. She just doesn't know it yet. Yes. As a reminder, before we launch in, remember, we have announced our next book club choice, Yaa Jesse's brilliant novel, Transcendent Kingdom. We will be talking to her in episode 297 coming up in October. Yes. So send your questions and comments. Yes, we will tee those up. Now, in episode 287, we talked about the try this at home of steering clear of quicksand. Some funny quicksands that we heard about from people included Facebook internet games, Broadway show clips, <laughs> not quicksand for me, but I could see how that could 
that could happen. And ironically, the listener Jody's quicksand is self-help apps and information. Again, I can see how that could happen. Yes. And Jack had a good suggestion, not my Jack's, a Jack listener, had a good suggestion (laughs) for the common quicksand of binge watching television shows on Netflix. His solution is one, identifying that binge watching is quicksand. Mm -hmm. And two, he says, once I know that it is quicksand, I answer Netflix's question, are you still watching this show? I reply with exit. Instead of aimlessly clicking yes to this question, I know that technology and my conscious action of identifying what is quicksand are allowing me to steer clear of a quicksand trap. So that's a great example of using technology to control technology. Yes. Yeah, using that prompt. And finally, different subject, Sandy has a very timely suggestion for listeners. Yes, she says a lot of polling stations around the country need volunteers for Election Day. Many of the people who normally work on the polls are elderly and or vulnerable, so they really need younger and healthier people to help out, especially in economically deprived areas. It's a great way to contribute without being partisan and without making a long-term commitment. This is a great idea. Yeah, a friend of ours um, signed up to do it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Very cool. Yes. She's going to wear double gloves and have sanitizer and a face mask and a shield. and That's great. Yeah. Do her duty. Yes. And and if you're in the United States, make your voting plan. Know how you're going to vote. It's coming up. So now our try this at home tip this week is to get out of your self-storage unit. This is is a very practical and specific try this at home. And of course, the larger idea is don't keep paying for something that you don't actually need. Now, of course, sometimes it is really important to have a storage unit, like you're in between moves or uh, you're doing a massive fix of your house and you have to store stuff. But it's very easy to put stuff into a unit and keep paying for it. You don't even really know what's in there. So why are you paying to store it? Yeah, because storage units are not cheap. No. So add up very quickly. Yes. As of 2019, almost 10% of U.S. households rent a self-storage unit. That is 1.7 billion square feet of rentable self-storage space. Mm-hmm. And you, as you say, it can get expensive. It, it, of course, varies tremendously by area, whether you have it climate controlled or just standard, how big it is, how long you're renting it for and all that. But even given all that, the average monthly cost for storage unit in 2019 was $88 a month. You know, that is more than $1,000 a year. So, Gretch, why do you think people have so many storage units, taking away uh, the people who really need them for yes. a six-month yeah. period or something? Yeah. Well, I think part of it is just putting off decision-making. Like, you have this chest of drawers that seems perfectly useful, but you don't, you never really liked it. You don't really have a place for it. Or there's that battered Monopoly set that reminds you of your children's childhood. Or you have your textbooks from college. Holiday decorations that you're like, oh, some year I'll do the whole yard, but then it's too much work to do the whole yard, so they just stay in the storage unit. You know, it's just a way to put off dealing with something, so you store it. Yeah, you know what I think a big thing is? People's parents die, they get all of their things, they don't want to give them up because they remind them of their parents or whoever else it is in their life. And then, um, again, it's putting off decision-making. It's like got an emotional component to it. Yes. A friend of mine uh, on that point, after her father died, she ended up with stuff in storage units in four separate states. 
Wow. Like, it just made me anxious to hear, hear about that. It's like Voldemort splitting his soul. And, you know, it's like there's too much stuff in too many places. But again, everything was precious to her because she was so close to her father. She couldn't imagine not having it. But what could she do with it? She just stored it. Gretch, Tori Spelling, who starred in 90210, is yeah. a prime example of this. She did a whole thing about it on her reality show, True Tori. Mm. She had so many storage units, she was paying $3,000 a month just for mm. her storage units. Wow. It was a ton of junk, but also good stuff. But reportedly, she had millions of dollars worth of wow. furniture, designer clothing, memorabilia, yeah. So I think she ended up selling a lot of it ultimately, but it was like this thing out there that was just dragging her down in life. Well, and that's the thing is in the like after two years of paying to store it, you sell it. You probably sell it for the same amount or, exactly. or maybe even less. And yet you've paid to store it and you've had to track it and, and, and just remember that it's there, which itself is kind of a drain just to have that satellite operation in your life. Yeah, so Gretchen, this reminds me of uh, my friend Karen, yeah. who was married to my friend Mike, who died. He, Mike had had a storage unit. Karen was sort of auto-paying $79 a month on her credit card, and then her credit card expired, which made her realize she had to go deal with this storage mm -hmm. unit. Yeah. And... On the spur of the moment in line to, to get into the unit, she just said to the guy in front of her, hey, for $100, you can have everything in my <laughs> unit. She decided she just didn't even want to go in because yeah. it was just too emotionally hard to sort of look through all these things and yeah. make these choices. I think freeing herself of that was very helpful. And I should add, she wrote about this experience yes. in the New York Times magazine. So yes. you'll link to that in the show notes. It's a great yes. piece. It's a great piece. And it's about the tie that these things have to that person. And so a lot of times you just do delay dealing with it. And, and then it, it mounts up. You're paying for something that you don't need to pay for. Yeah. Now, something, Gretchen, that I pay for, that I don't need to pay for, mm. that has zero emotional weight mm -hmm. is Pandora. Ah. Um, I signed up for it. I listened like twice and I just never listen. It's a great service if yeah. you need it, but I yeah. don't. Right. But I just keep paying for it. So maybe my pledge today needs to be my try this at home is stop my Pandora yes. subscription. Right. So maybe it's storage unit or... App, yes. subscription app. Yeah. Yes. The storage unit is like a metaphor for things yes. that you don't even. So, my storage unit, which I think is a very, very common one in terms of something that I was paying for that wasn't necessary, it was a gym. I've been there. Yeah. This was really an identity issue. You know, I talk about in habits how sometimes you have to challenge your identity or an identity has to change in order for a habit to change. And I was so wrapped up in the identity of somebody who went to the gym that I paid for it even when I wasn't going. And I finally realized it was because it was so rackety. You know, mm. it, it just, I didn't like the experience of going there. And so I switched to walking in Central Park. And you could argue, like, is it as good exercise? But the fact is, I walk in Central Park all the time. And yeah. I never went to the gym. <laughs> and the park is free. But it was really hard to stop paying for mm -hmm. it. So sometimes I think it's the decision-making of what's in the storage unit. And sometimes it's, am I going to be the kind of person who cancels my gym membership? Yes. Well, you know, Gretchen, I have said on this very podcast, I am that person who got a gym membership and went exactly one time in a year. So 
I have been there. It's their it's their business model. <laughs> it like, is. You got to take comfort in the fact that like that is literally their business model. Yes. They know people are going to do that, so you are not alone. Now, of course, sometimes we pay for things that we don't use because we support it. Yes. You know, you choose to pay for something even if you don't really need it or use it yourself because you want it to be available as a resource for other people or, or it, it serves an important function in the world. Yes. But then you're paying for to support it. You're being not, mindful about it is the point. Being, it's like be mindful about what you're paying for and don't pay for things you don't need. It's a very easy way to save money. Yeah, it is. So let us know if you do try this at home and how getting out of your storage unit, whatever your metaphorical storage unit is, how it works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is happiercast.com slash 291. This is episode 291 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a haircut happiness hack. But first, this break. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And, Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from Dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash happier. That's storyworth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Gretchen, I am always on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, and I found it at Quince. So well-priced, such good quality. I am in love with the Slub crew neck tee. I have it in white. I'm getting it in black, possibly multiples. I love it so much. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretch, it is time for this week's happiness hack. And this is something that you have discovered. Okay, this is something I've discovered related to getting your hair cut. Now, some people like to talk when they get their hair cut, but I do not like to talk. I like to sit there quietly. But sometimes the person cutting your hair is like trying to make conversation because it seems polite. And I didn't know how to say politely, you don't need to make conversation with me. I would like to just sit here silently. It seemed rude. But then I figured out something accidentally. So I wear contact lenses all the time. Mm -hmm. And one time when I got my hair cut, I got a piece of hair under my contact, which caused me a lot of distress. It was really hard to get it out. 
And this gave me the idea. So now when I'm going to get my hair cut, I say to the person, I wear contact lenses and I found that I need to keep my eyes shut when I'm getting my hair cut because otherwise I get hair under my contact lenses and it really hurts. And so I'm going to be awake, but I'm just going to sit here with my eyes shut while you're cutting my hair. And the thing is, if you have your eyes shut, I think it's just human nature, people don't talk to you. It's like putting, mm-hmm. it's like the opposite of putting the uh, cover on the parrot's cage and the parrot is quiet. It's like if you shut your eyes, people will stop talking to you. Mm. And so I can sit there very peacefully getting my hair cut with my eyes shut in silence, but I feel like that's a very acceptable, mm-hmm. not rude way to say I would really prefer not to talk. It works like a charm. Good idea. By the way, I find hair salons very intimidating. Yes. I find them to be like just, I don't know, I just feel less than whenever I'm in a hair salon. Well, Elizabeth, when we were on our our tour and we would go get our hair blown out, I was always like, I'm so glad Elizabeth is here with me because yeah. going into this place for the first time, like, how does it work? How do you check in? Where do we go? I'm, yeah. What's the deal? I know. Uh, I'm like, but at least I have my sister here. Yes. And you have your method. So that's <laughs> Yes. And I did it. Yes, exactly. So if you don't like to talk while well, you get your hair cut, maybe I'm the only one who doesn't like to cu- talk. It seems like a lot of people no, like to not. talk. No, you're okay. not. No, no. Well, I, I, it, I think it goes both ways. Goes both ways. I've done that for years, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Maybe, maybe I discovered it, but it's like a, it's like a conventional trick. Okay. And now it's time for an interview with Esther Perel. Esther Perel is a relationship therapist who is also an author, podcaster, and speaker. She's written two best-selling books about romantic relationships, Mating in Captivity, and The State of Affairs, and she hosts the wildly popular podcast, Where Should We Begin and How's Work? If you haven't listened to her podcast, you should subscribe right now. What's groundbreaking about them is that in each episode, she has a one-time actual therapy session. So you get to hear about real people's lives and challenges and to hear how Esther Perel responds in a therapy session. It's riveting. And as I said, Gretchen, I've turned her into my um, (laughs) imaginary therapist. She's great. Hello, Esther. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Uh, we're so excited to be talking to you today. It's a pleasure for me to be here, you know. <laughs> yes, I was saying, Esther, I feel like you are my therapist because I listen to the show and then I imagine what you would say to me. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay, let's practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I want to know is it seems like the people you talk to learn so much in just one conversation. Yeah. I feel like I learned so much listening to each conversation. Do you feel like people have major transformational insights in just this one session? For the people who are in the session? Yes. Um, yes. Look, what we know is what the couples write to us afterwards. We stay in touch with the people, especially when their episode is dropped. And so we get a sense, you know, what decisions they may have made, if this was useful for them, where it landed, how long did it last. Sometimes there is another therapist that they have been working with. This is a one-time, two-and-a-half, mm-hmm. three-hour consultation. So, But yes, sometimes, depending on the readiness with which you come, 
you know, and there, yeah. you've got the blocks already organized and there's one little piece of that puzzle that was really missing. And once you got that, you were able to realign the pieces and to make some major changes. So some changes don't need a long time. They need mm -hmm. the right alignment. Like with the body, like, you know, if you've been in a certain position and it always hurts you and someone readjusts you and mm. it makes you stand or sit differently and you suddenly realize that you no longer put pressure on that one spot the whole time, you don't need a hundred times. But what happens is that once you have identified the change, it is the repetition, it is the consistency that will make the change last. Often the change doesn't happen because people do it once Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have enough time to really graft itself. Change needs to mm. graft itself into the fabric. And for that, it needs repetition and consistency. Well, th this is an, something I've also wondered is, have you ever thought about having like follow-up sessions? Because, because as a listener, you become so engaged. I find myself months later thinking like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that couple. Or, you know, <laughs> and have you ever thought about having them come back in and, and talk about it? Because I think it is fascinating like to hear how insights might yes yes yes, yes. Uh, whatever happened to them look it's yeah. very interesting you're asking it today because we actually had the conversation about that yesterday mm. but uh, you're not the only person who has asked sure. and we have <laughs> often wondered should, should you know is it a discreet moment it's one time it's beautiful as is it's encapsulated and we move on or do we really go back and we are discussing possibilities for season five for where should we begin and it is definitely one of our ideas well, we will hope for that now what are some of the relationship mistakes that we all make is there something we can just in our own lives assume we're doing and fix whether it's in romance or work many there are many <laughs> many relationship mistakes we all make and i like the we all make it's really oh. not just those people And, you know, we may be on different sides of the continuum. So number, uh, just to name five or six, uh, yes, the inability to listen, you know, the continuously oh. repeating the same thing over and over again, you know, and hoping that if you say it one more time, you're finally going to drill it through the other person. Yes. And the challenge in really listening to something that you disagree with, which we typically, you know, maybe have 10 seconds of ability to do, which is three sentences. And after that, we already are into our rebuttal. So really, we talk about listening, but it's listening when you agree is not so difficult. Listening yeah. when the stuff that's being said to you is really challenging and irks you is a whole different art. Number one. Well, Number that two. That seems like something that you catch people in, like you'll stop and say, hey, wait a minute. All the listen. time, all yes. the time, yeah. you know, yeah. um, do not just listen. I will say, can you just repeat what you heard? Oh, yes. Because if you do reflective listening, which many different therapeutic modalities use, you also quickly get a sense if the person was able to hear it yeah. or not. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if they're able to repeat it without paraphrasing it and putting their own two cents into it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's one. But the second one, I would say um, ultimatums and threats. Ooh. The next one I would say is character assassinations. You know, the, the difference between saying th the room is messy versus you're a slob. Mm -hmm. You know, can you clean up your mess versus, you know, you're a typical mess. 
You're always, mm. you, you basically take a behavior and you turn it into a character. And this is the whole person. And you are lazy and you are a slob and you are miserly and you are a spender. And you are basically rather than you did this thing. And let's discuss that. Kitchen sinking. I have a grievance with you and I'm going to remind you of the last 10 years of grievances that I have accumulated. Mm, so yes. when we're talking about one thing, within three minutes, we're now talking about five other things. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we no yes. longer even know what we're arguing about. And if you have lost my edge and you've countered me with something, well, I'll just bring up another thing, you know, yeah. always and never. You always do this. You never do this. You never tell me. You've never helped me. You always, you know, always and never. If you go into this kind of totalistic thinking, your partner is, or partner, colleague, whoever you're doing this with, is going to come up with the one time that defines, that defies the always. Let me prove mm. to you it's not always. No, one time I actually did take the garbage down. One time I actually did finish my project on time. One time, therefore your claim is false. You know, because I'm on the defensive, because that's the only thing I can think about is you've just painted me into this totalistic whole picture and I can't accept that. So let me find the one crack in your argument. And then for the moment, I think there's a few things that are very, are, you know, current at this moment. And that is really yeah, yes. the lack of boundaries. People's oh. multiple roles are bleeding into each other. I'm the mother, I'm the partner, I'm the colleague, I'm the lover, I'm the friend, I'm the therapist. Everything is all bleeding into one, all on the same chair, all at the same table. You know, sometimes <laughs> people have no sense of when work ends and when something else starts. And you know, the mute button is basically the last boundary left for some people. You lift the mute button and you see a whole life occurring right behind you, animals and all. So the boundary issue is a major thing at this moment. An intense sense that, you know, the responsibilities are all on us. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, you also, oh yeah, in the, in, the, in the midst of all these roles, you also are the teacher, right? You're the homeschooling person. I mean, it's just a, an enormous uh, amount. And, com and combined with an isolation, a sense of isolation. I mean, people are really craving for contact, connection, and touch, particularly touch. We're very much in a touch-deprived moment, and touch is so essential to calming down, to soothing, to connecting. So, you know, this elbow thing doesn't really do it. Mm -mm. Well, I heard an interview that you did with Debbie Millman for the Design Matters podcast, and you said something, if I remember correctly, something like, the quality of our relationships determine the quality of our lives. And if I remember that correctly, I thought that was like such a succinct way of putting it. Is that, is, do you agree with that? Yes. And I would simply add at home as well as at work. Right. I mm -hmm. mean, yes, I think ultimately it is the quality of your connections. When I, mm -hmm. you know, I just prepared this morning a, a, a conference, you know, about death, sex and money that is mm -hmm. going to be of, uh, of my, my training program, Sessions Live. And I started talking about money. And in the end, I was not talking about money. I was talking about money, but in relationships, that means I was mm. talking about power, control, generosity, abundance, scarcity, independence, freedom, responsibility, protection. That's what we're talking about. You end up talking about relationships. The quality of your relationships at work, for example, no amount of, you know, free food, or good money, <laughs> ping pong tables, you know, ping pong yeah. you know, in the old world, just a few months back, you know, will compensate for a poisonous relationship in the workplace. 
Yeah. You go to work and the essence of what you do there in order to get stuff done is in part an interaction with other people. How you collaborate with them, how they appreciate what you do, how they help you, how they guide you, how they support you, how they undermine you, all of the above. So I think that in the end, um, when you're gone or when you're about to go, how you are remembered is the person that you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the legacy. And it's the people that live inside of you as they are no longer here. That's the legacy. It is a social psychological way of thinking about this, mm -hmm. but um, I think there's a lot of truth to it. There's many ways to summarize the essence of life. This happens to yes. be mine. Yes. I yes. work yes. in relationships. Yes. And yes. so yes. I yes. fundamentally, you know, um, relationships can make people thrive as well as they can make people be completely despairing and hopeless. Mm, you can yes. shine for relationship and you can want to disappear because of relationships. You can have deep connections that are utterly fulfilling and filling. And then you have deep connections that are completely ruining you. Um, it's really on and everything in between. But I think that it is probably, there is not a human being that lives without relationships or outside of relationships. We all share that framework. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was saying to you, Esther, that I have a writing partner yeah. for 20 years who's a friend from high school, and it does feel like a marriage. I mean, she and I have been through so much and we're committed to each other, and it feels like I have another marriage. Do you find doing the two different podcasts that work close work relationships are similar in a lot of ways to marriages or, par or romantic partnerships? When you go to work... You are usually asked to bring your resume, but the resume you bring usually is your official resume, your employment history. The resume that you don't bring with you is your unofficial resume, which I call the relationship diary. Mm. It's your relationship history that comes with you to work. It's the messages that you got about how much in life you should be self-reliant, Versus how mm -hmm. much in life you should know that you can count on others. How much you should do things on your own because nobody can help you as best as you can help yourself. And how much you, are, you have a conception where you see yourself as part of a larger network of connections. How much you emphasize criticism and how much you emphasize praise. How much you, um, you are able to speak about your challenges without experience or feelings for that matter, without thinking of them as weaknesses. Um, all of these relationship dynamics are in your romantic relationships and at work, but we are more aware of them in our romantic relationships. Mm. This stuff doesn't just stay at home when you go to work. Home goes to work and work comes home. Well, speaking of kind of well-being and mental health, if you were going to give our listeners an idea for like a concrete try this at home thing that they could start in their their ordinary lives, what's something that you would suggest as a way to be happier, healthier, more productive or more creative? I think that I, there are a few things at this moment that stand out ever more so, but they're not mm -hmm. new. First of all is make yourself helpful. Mm. Make yourself yeah. helpful. There's so many neighbors around you at this point who can't go outside, who can't go to get their mail, who can't go to their stores. 
take care of them. When you are helpful to others, it really acts as a buffer against a sense of hopelessness and meaninglessness, yeah. especially at the time of prolonged uncertainty that we are living in right now. So that's the first thing for all. Second, yes. the reverse absolutely reach out to others if you need help. Don't yes. go around thinking, I'm fine, everything's fine, I'm back to normal. You know, this kind of insistence of being normal. You know, you're, you're stressed and you should be, normally so. Look what's going on around you. If you were not, you would be really disconnected. So reach out to people, tell them you need help with your kids, with your pets, with your parents, with your job, with how much time you spend on Zoom every day, with the length and the expectations about projects being finished at certain points when you may not be able to get there. So in both directions, be helpful and ask for help. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to us, Esther. Oh, yes. Thanks, well, Esther. This is so it's fun. So <laughs> We're such huge fans of your work. Thank you. So thank you. My pleasure. Talk to you thank soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Coming up, I've got a gold star for my husband, Adam. But first, this break. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, so you know I love clutter clearing, and I'm a big mm -hmm. believer that outer order contributes to inner calm. Yes. Okay, but at the beginning of the pandemic, many people, we sort of panicked and like bought a lot of puzzles and games, and we've used them. Uh, some of the games we have not played, but some of the games we have played, especially Ticket to Ride. Eliza has done all the puzzles. But now we have this stack of puzzles and games, mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out where to put them because, you know, they take up quite a bit of room. And I couldn't figure out what to get rid of to make room for them. So finally, I just picked this, like, random table and stuck them under the table, <laughs> which is, like, contrary to everything I believe because I'm like, I'll just forget that they're there. Mm -hmm. So I should just go ahead and give them away, or I should put them somewhere, or I need to decide what to do with them and... You know, Eliza says she'll do puzzles again, so we should keep them, but will she really? I just was like, eh, 
I'll just stick them here for now and they'll be there for the next 10 years. So, well, my question is you say you have an empty shelf. You always have an empty shelf. Can't but I you like just it empty. Put them on the shelf. I don't <laughs> want to put anything. I like to keep that shelf empty. It's like precious oh, to me. So, no, that's off the table. <laughs> that's tough. I don't yeah. know, Gretch. I know, I'm going to have to figure it out. And the thing is, we've got all these games that we don't play, but like, I do want to keep Candyland. I do want to keep Hyo Cherio. I do want to keep Guess Who because I just want them. I feel like I love seeing them there. I got rid of a lot, but I did get, I did keep those. If I were you, I'd probably put them like on a shelf in Eleanor's closet. That would be. Okay. You want to know what's on the shelf in Eleanor's closet? My giant supply of picture books. Like I gave a lot of picture books to Jack, but there were, there were like hundreds I had to keep. Those are on the shelf in Eleanor's closet, but I could put, I could stack the puzzles and games on top of the books that is clutter clearing no-no number one, which is don't just jam stuff into a space until it falls off onto your head. Especially Eleanor's room. It's like yeah. I'm like commandeering her room for my clutter. Like everything's wrong with these solutions, you know, and yet here I go. But by the way, you should keep those old games. I mean, my one regret when mom and dad got rid of so much stuff was that I did not keep the Hungry Hungry Hippo game from childhood. Because even though you can still get Hungry Hungry Hippo, the quality is not the same. And I really regret that I didn't save that game. Aww. But the one thing is, I did not rent a storage unit to put yeah. these games into. So at least I have not gone that far. That's so right. uh, that no storage units have been involved. Um, Elizabeth, give us a gold star. Take us up. All right, Gretch. I got to give a huge gold star to Adam this week because as I've discussed on this podcast, my goal was to have my treadmill desk set yes. up in the office at home before September 1st. So that I can, you know, walk during the day when I'm working with Sarah. And Adam just one day was moving it in from the garage and clearing stuff out of the office. And he, it was a lot of work, which he did completely on his own. He moved my treadmill desk in. He set it up so I could see the TV. Mm. He not only did that, he took it upon himself to sort of take the whole thing apart. He ordered oil for it and he oiled it all. And he tightened all the things that needed to be tightened and made sure the belt was in the right spot. And um, now it's like, First of all, it's up and it's kind of like new again. Wow. And it was just so sweet. And when you say like, you know, the love language is like, you yeah. know, doing things for someone. Acts of service. Acts, I think that was, um, I felt very loved that oh. he did that for me. It was a lot of effort and I've been using it a ton. Oh, that's great. So I'll send you a picture. Oh, send a picture. I'll put it in the show notes. So gold star to Adam. For doing it, gold star to you for using it, and that's oh, that makes I love it. The treadmill desk, wonderful. The resources for this week. If you would like to have a signed, personalized copy of my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, to prevent you from making the mistakes that I'm making with puzzles and games, you can enter by following my Instagram account at Gretchen Rubin, like the giveaway post, and comment on the post tagging three friends. If you win, I will send you a signed, personalized book. This is open, unfortunately, to U.S. readers only because of mailing costs. And also, speaking of the treadmill desk, when people talk about the habits they'd like to form, exercise more is one of the most popular. 
And there are so many great reasons to exercise, but it can be challenging. So if you want my PDF guide, Exercising Better Than Before, go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources and scroll down to Better Than Before, and you can get that free download. And remember to walk your 20 in 20. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Get out of your storage unit. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our terrific guest, Esther Perel. You can read her books or listen to her podcast, Where Should We Begin and How's Work. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. That's how people hear about our podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So if you ever want to do an episode of How Is Work... Oh, yes. Of course we would. For, you know. Of course we do. <laughs> we just did an episode with identical twins. Oh, well, I heard the one with the sister where the si- there was the sister that was like stuck and paralyzed. Yes. And the sister's like, please yes. do an intervention. But she was like 12 years older, I think. Yes. Or I mean, you know, it's enough anonymous. But we, oh, we, yeah, we don't even need to be anonymous, probably. Gosh, our mom would have a heart attack if we didn't. <laughs> She's very private. <laughs>